2: hello and welcome back to game notes i'm dave defore maybe you know who i am by now tony jones still here what's up
3: tony are you ready listen uh, i need all utah jazz fans to go on twitter and to just tweet the words game notes at dave Dufour. just tweet game <laughs> tweet the word game notes at dave Dufour because he keeps calling our show jazz notes i mean listen game notes great i get it jazz notes though come on no tell me you don't see the vision no game notes we've got the patent down like it's already been through the copyright process we're at the last stage of the copyright process and you come in you come in hot and you're like well, I'm just gonna put my imprint on this show, so we're gonna gonna call it Jazz Notes. No, it's Game Notes.
2: Actually, you know, it's funny. I, I told him that I would only do the show if it was Game Notes with Dave Dufour and sometimes Tony
3: Jones. Why sometimes?
2: Well, you're gonna be on every episode, but I just don't. I want to make it very clear
3: that I'm the star of this show. It's very important, Tony. So, are you saying that you're Donovan Mitchell and I'm who am I? You're my Mike Conley. You're going to
2: be playing the two I'm next to me. i off the ball. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Let the young buck have the ball, although I'm not that much younger than you. <laughs>
3: well, I've been called old a lot this week for some reason. I don't know.
2: Well, it's because I- you cover basketball and everybody yeah. is a baby. Not baby like they cry a lot, but baby as in they're young. I mean, Jason Tatum is still only 19 years old. It's insane.
3: Yeah, that's what every, that's what everybody says. <laughs> we got we got a twenty year old MVP candidate. Stephen Curry is only twenty three, and he's he's the best player ever. So well, hold on. He,
2: now, Steph Curry is certainly one of the best players ever. No, if you say
3: that, you have a no, you have a bias against Steph Curry. If you say he's only one of the greatest players ever, he okay. is unequivocally number one, the goat. In the NBA, nobody is better. Nobody has done anything better. Stop with your media bias, okay?
2: Well, I mean, you heard it here first, guys. Thank you. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the Utah point guard situation. It's not a situation like we all watched what happened in the playoffs. We watched Donovan Mitchell basically take the reins, and this team just works better when he's the lead ball handler okay
3: now i'm not comparing their styles of play but this is james harden right right absolutely
2: that's a good point
3: yes this is a case where an organization is like okay let's just put the ball in our best players hands every single possession
2: he's by far the most dynamic playmaker that they have yes he's excellent in the pick and roll and it what it does it Honestly, I think it's going to make Mike Conley better.
3: I think watching the the preseason game that Mike played, his preseason opener against the Phoenix Suns, I believe Mike scored 16 points, but it's different, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mike is able to be in that role because, number one, he's still a, a terrific secondary playmaker. He ran a lot of secondary pick and roll. Second, and more importantly, he's a great catch and shoot guy. Like, he's really good off the catch and shoot. And I think that that's going to help as well. But, I mean, this is about Donovan Mitchell at this point. This is about, hey, you know, we've got this dynamic guy. Let's put the ball in his hands every single possession. And I think that that's the best explanation that you can make. I've been watching Mike Conley play basketball since 2005, 2004. It's just really, really, really interesting watching him play off the ball or start you know, start possessions on the baseline instead of running the offense. That's going to take some getting used to.
2: Yeah, but it's a good thing. And and this is kind of the natural order of things in basketball. Guys age, and in particular guards. And if you can't be that primary guy, you better be able to be the secondary guy, which Mike Conley can, as you mentioned. He can really shoot off the ball. He's a smart cutter, obviously a great passer. I just think that what he does, and at this stage of his career – this is the ideal role for him, and maybe we don't get that that first month where he looks kind of out of sync, like last year.
3: I think the changes in role it hinges a lot on Mike. Number one, you know, it's got to hinge on his buy-in, and, and I don't think that's going to be a problem, you know, because he's always been an A one human being and an A one teammate. Secondly, it's going to hinge on Mike playing really well against second units when he is running the team, you know, because the Jazz really need to be better in the second unit this year than they were last year. Thirdly, Mike's shooting is going to be important in this, and his defense is going to be important in this as well. So Donovan has to take care of the basketball. He did not take care of the basketball on Monday night against Phoenix. Oh, it's you know? preseason. So, so there's that. <laughs> I, I, I just got to go by what I saw. I know. You, 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 play, how you, practice,
2: right? you yes. play how you practice, right? You play how you practice. I get it. But I think that what we saw from him in the playoffs is repeatable. You know, I think that this is the best path going forward. And it's really going to open up stuff for Rudy on the inside too. Like yes. it's going
3: to make everyone else better. What we don't talk about for Donovan is, you know, like he's a below average two guard, but in terms of size, but in terms of size, he's an above average point guard, and his athleticism at the point is dominant. You know, he's only six one, but he has a six foot ten wingspan. There aren't many point guards with that kind of dimensions. With those, no, there's of not dimensions. many people.
2: With those right. kind of dimensions. There's no,
3: not, not that many people <laughs> with those kind of dimensions. You know, then you factor in the athleticism and the ability off the dribble and the ability to get his own shot anytime he wants to. You know, if Donovan, if his decision-making holds up, if his ability to manage a game holds up, he has the potential to be an absolute dominant point guard.
2: This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before?
1: You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I agree. So, Tony, talking about Rudy
2: Gobert, all of a sudden, he seems to be a guy who, who may have quite a bit of demand next summer. Uh, by your estimation, he's the second best available free agent in 2021. Behind Kawhi Leonard, now that that Giannis has signed, of course. Yes. Is he going to sign an extension? I feel like the Jazz really should be pushing to get this thing done.
3: Talks are ongoing. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that before. No, no, no. I put it at 50-50. Yeah. Well, they can't afford to lose him. No, they can't afford to lose him. Here's the thing. If the Jazz do not sign him to an extension by Monday night, and there is a possibility that the Jazz don't sign Rudy to an extension Monday night, this does not mean that they are going to trade him. This does not mean that the two sides... Are resolute in a split does not mean any of that at all. It, it just means that they'll talk about it again in the off season. That's literally all it means. But you know, I know that jazz fans that are listening, all of this will go out of the window if Rudy does not sign by Monday, and then we'll just hit the panic mode for a few months.
2: Let's hit the panic mode now because the thing is, the money, the max money he can get, is the same whether he does it now or at the end of the season, or you know, during during next off season. But you get to this this fine point where the Jazz need to decide if they're comfortable he's going to resign in the offseason. And if they're not, might they trade Rudy Gobert? Or do you think that they just roll the dice, we're going to hopefully win a title or make a conference finals, and we'll deal with it in the summer?
3: They'll deal with it in the summer. They're not going to trade him. No chance. I mean, I won't say zero, so I'll just say 1%.
2: No, it would be out of character, I think.
3: I'd be absolutely floored if they traded Rudy Gobert. I'd be shocked. And the reason why I'd be shocked is because... I think that there is some optimism in the front office that this is a really, really good basketball team. And they're just not going to break that up.
2: I tend to think that, too. I think that this is a really good basketball team that had a little bit of bad luck in losing the 3-1. And they could have just as easily made the conference finals last season. Yeah.
3: And I think they're better now. I think they're significantly better now.
2: So I'm with you. I mean, I think that there is certainly it's a risk if you just play out the season and he leaves. Agreed. Because you could get a good haul for him. I mean, I think about Boston. And like, would Boston potentially get? Can
3: you get a good haul for? I think so. Let's say the Jazz reverse course and say, okay, you know what, bump this. We're just going to trade Rudy. Can you get a good haul for one year, of Rudy Gobert?
2: You know, if you're making that trade, you probably if you're the one trading for Gobert, you probably are working out. You know, hey, we're going to you know we're going to extend you this summer. Essentially, I think that this is where the player empowerment stuff really comes into play because Rudy's people would express his preferred destinations if he was going to be traded. And that has a way of sort of tempering the market. So you you might not get a team like Toronto who says, you know, we really like Rudy Gobert, but he might leave, so we can't push our chips in. But a team like Boston that could be like a Rudy Gobert away from a title, maybe.
3: Now, you know, Daniel R. Ainge is not trading
2: (laughs) anything.
3: What about the Wizards? The Wizards should trade for
2: Rudy Gobert.
3: First of all, there's really not much love lost between Danny Danny Ainge and the Jazz front office. But number two, I can just see those conversations right now. Oh, uh, well, Danny, you know, Rudy wants to go to Boston, you know, make us an offer. Tremont Waters and a first round pick. Take it or leave it.
2: <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? Maybe Taco Fall. Throw him in there. Hey, best we can do, okay? Javante Green. I think Rudy's staying. I don't know if he's going to. I mean, I have no insight into the situation at all, but I think he's staying.
3: I'm going to guess and say he's staying. It's 50-50 whether he signs. I think if the Jazz came to the table right now and said, we'll pay you the full Supermax, it could get done today. Right. Without knowing for sure, this is not me reporting it, but this is just the impression that I get from talking to people. I think that that's... What this is, you know, Rudy wants the Supermax. The Jazz don't want to really pay the Supermax. We'll see what kind of number we can settle on that makes this palatable for both sides.
2: I just think that Utah probably values him more than anybody else, more than any other team. Maybe the Spurs would value him quite a bit. I think Atlanta would value him quite a bit. I mean, he'd be great there. He would instantly clean up a lot of their defensive issues. I mean, we talked about it on the last show. I mean, the guy is a walking top five defense.
3: You can get a go-haul from from Atlanta, especially now that they signed all those free agents over all all of their young guys. Yeah. That's true. You could. You could do like Capella and Reddish. and Give me Capella, you give me Reddish, you give me two first-round picks, and you give me Kevin Herter. <sighs> That's not a bad haul.
2: I don't think any trade is going to happen, but my assumption is Rudy's going to sign.
3: If Rudy does not sign, I would be floored if the Jazz trade him. I think that there is some optimism that this team has at least a fighting chance to be special. And when I look at what Utah's done, and I look at going from – you know, I love Tony Bradley, but going from Tony Bradley to Derek Fisher <laughs> that makes them a significantly better team. It really does.
2: You know, you always know it's going to be semi-insulting when you say I love X, but
3: yeah, I know, right? See, that's it's the like, thing. I, like love Tony, yeah, I love Tony. I love
0: you.
2: Bringing back Derek Favors might be the move of the offseason to me. I think that to solidify that bench defense, to give them that extra depth that they're going to need, we watched their defense fall apart when Rudy hit the bench. And this season in particular, that depth is going to matter even more. Tony, before we started recording, you told me they are playing 37
3: games in 71 days. That is more than one and two. I don't get how that's possible. I just wanted to show off my math. <laughs> is that math? I mean, I'm just saying it's more than one and two.
2: <laughs> so, You're playing. so more
3: than 50% of the time. So, we're gonna get
2: into a load management situation here. And maybe not, maybe Utah does it in a different way and, and guys don't miss games, but certainly they're gonna have to watch minutes. That favor signing all of a sudden is huge because now you have a guy, you can have 48 minutes of capable center play for all of these games. I, I think that that's, it's a huge signing for them.
3: Um, I think that favors is a huge signing. I think that the jazz have a lot more depth than they did last year. I think they have 11 guys right now that they can play in an NBA game pretty comfortably. And they're going to have to, and they're going to have to, and these 11 are, remember we talked about our top eight actually. So am I, is this 11 or 12? I'm sorry. See now, my math okay. is, now my math is trash. So <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no, we, now now yes. it is so <laughs> now it's trash we're, t- we're talking about we're talking about mike conley donovan mitchell boyan bogdanovich uh royce o'neill joe Ingles, Derek favors rudy gobert and jordan clarkson so number nine is george yang 10 and 11 whatever order mie oni and and juan morgan and then elijah hughes and then and even shaq harrison that's 12 guys like Now, obviously, all 12 guys are not going to play from a night-to-night basis, but I think that there are 12 guys that Quinn Snyder can safely put into a game and say, okay, don't F it up.
2: You're going to be able to give Conley a night off and not not worry that the next man is is such a huge drop-off right. that you're going to lose the game automatically. And, and that's huge. It's, that's a luxury that teams that are actually going to make a run at the finals— they have to have that in particular this year because the short turnaround, obviously the short off season, the weirdness of how this season is going to play out. The pre-vaccine part of the season, we're going to just see people missing time because they're going to get sick. It's inevitable that someone is going to miss time. And having a deep roster is going to be more important this season than than any other, I think.
3: Well, you have the injury component, and that's the, your natural injury component, and you have your COVID component. And guys are going to be out. Mike Conley missed the first couple of days of training camp just because he was in COVID protocol. I mean, it's just going to happen. But at least the first half of the season, the second half of the season, maybe – you know maybe the, the vaccine gets around to the point where you know we could finally start controlling the numbers in this in the pandemic but you know i anticipate at least for the first you know for the first half of the season this is going to be a really fluid situation and the team at the end of the first half of the season that's the number one team in the western conference and the number one team in the eastern conference may be a correlation to that's the team that could stay the healthiest i think that that's something that every team is trying to uh, figure out and every team is trying to like you can't plan for it but you can all you could try to set up some contingency for it you know so it's really going to be interesting and especially for the jazz as well
2: yeah i'm, I'm really curious to see how everything's going to play out but i feel pretty good about about this team and having all of those depth pieces is going to be important. And when you look around the rest of the West, I don't know that there are more than two teams that can say they've got as much depth as as Utah has. Unless we're talking draft picks, in which case, you know, Oklahoma City's got everyone
3: beat. I think the Jazz have almost as good a first eight as, you know, I don't want to say anybody in the league, but I mean, it's certainly up there.
2: Any of the non-Lakers.
3: Yes. They have a really good first eight. That first eight is really good to me.
2: I think Donovan Mitchell has some outside... MVP possibility.
3: If he explodes and the Jazz are like number two seed in the, in the West, which I believe they can be, you know, I'm looking more at all NBA for Donovan. See if he could crack that that conversation for the first time. So, you know, I look at their first eight and I say, okay, that's that's one of the best first eights in the league. And then you got to look at George, look at Niang and, and Morgan and Oni, And what are those guys going to be able to, to contribute when they play situationally? And I think that that's going to matter as well for those guys.
2: Internal growth will be a big deal for them. Uh, that's going to do it for this week on game notes. We're going to be back Already? next week. That's I know we flew through this. This is what happens when you have a good time. We're going to be back next week, and we're going to we're going to like set up the season. We're going to preview game one, preview the Christmas game. I don't know, Tony. We're going to make some predictions.
3: Uh, I predict I'm going to eat a lot of food on Christmas. <laughs> Can I make can I, there can I you go. make that prediction? Yeah,
2: I I can predict I'm gonna be sitting watching basketball for 14 hours on Christmas Day.
3: Oh, that's gonna be tough.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be it's gonna be very tough. But uh for Tony, I'm Dave. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on the app so you get a notification when the show drops. And remember, it's ad-free over there. So go to theathletic.com slash game notes and sign up. And when you get a subscription, guess what? You can gift one. That's right. Buy one for yourself. It's almost like a Homer Simpson gift. You're really buying something for yourself. You're going to make someone else think that you got them a gift. You're going to look so thoughtful.
1: Think about it. TheAthletic.com slash Game Notes.